Because if you can actively control where your thoughts go, you can actively control your future. And I highly, I highly believe that. And once I took control of my thoughts in a more positive manner, my life expanded beyond even what I thought was possible. Welcome to The Wayfinder Show with Adam Lacey and Luis Hernandez, where guests discuss the why and how of making changes in their life that led them down a greater, more authentic path or allowed them to level up in some area of their life. Our goal is to dig deep and provide not only knowledge, but actionable advice to help you get from where you are to where you want to be. Come join us and find the way to your dream life. All right, welcome back to the Wayfinder Show, Adam. How you doing, man? I'm good. Did you forget the name of our show for a second there? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was like, oh, Wayfinder. I was like, not like I have another show, right? Like it's just, anyhow. How you no, doing I'm, today, man? I'm doing good, man. Things are, you know, just kind of running around all day. As you know, I had to kind of move this meeting, so thanks for accommodating. I got to pick up my wife from airport in a little bit here, but uh, things are. Things are going just fine. How about you? All good, man. And with that in mind, I'm not. Let's not bore our listeners with all of our small talk. Let's just jump yeah. right into it. We got a great mm-hmm. guest to introduce today. Uh, he's a rising star in the real estate world. Um, recently featured on Bigger Pockets and everything. So, you know, you made the big time there, and now you're graduating from that to the even bigger time here on the Wayfinder Show. <laughs> so let's uh, let's welcome Andrew Freed. Andrew, Andrew. Doing, welcome, buddy. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. I am super honored to be on the Wayfinder show. So yeah. I mean, the Pathfinder, but I got myself. Yeah, good. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, too. So, hey, we're good. So, Andrew, why don't we tell our listeners a little bit about you? Can you, you know, maybe share your origin story wherever you want and, uh, you know, lead them, lead them up to where you're at? Absolutely. I'm definitely happy to. So my story began, you know, going after the American dream, more or less trying to you know, graduate from a good school, get a good job at a good company, you know, get up, get a property, you know, and then by 30, I kind of achieved all of that. You know, I got my master's in project management. I worked at a great uh, prestigious institution. I made six figures. I had a swanky condo in Boston. I essentially achieved the American dream. And then COVID hit. Um, And I come to the realization after reading Rich Dad Poor Dad, which is a fantastic mindset book, is I came to the realization that when it comes to when it comes to uh, you know my job, I was paycheck to paycheck, right? Like I, I mean, maybe I had six, maybe I had twelve months of reserves, but at the end of the day, like I had to go crawling back to that job if I, you know, for my subsidence, and that that scared me, you know, and that really worried me because working seven eight years in the workforce already, I couldn't imagine working forty more years. So I decided to really make a dive into real estate. And I took out a 200K line of credit on my one bedroom condo in Boston, which was like 80% of my net worth. And I used that as seed money to buy my next, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 deals. In a matter of three years, I went from one rental unit to 95. Uh, wow. All multifamily, all in Worcester. Um, so it's been a fun ride. It's been a fun journey. And yeah, I'm just an everyday guy. I just, you know, had a dream and went for it. That's awesome, man. So, and just real quick, I'm just curious. You used that same two hundred thousand dollars to buy eleven properties. Were you like 
um, buying one, rehabbing it, pulling money back out, buying another, or did you just split it, you know, 10 ways and buy 10 different properties? I, I wish I was that smart. Uh, I am not. I went the traditional conventional route where I house hacked two properties. So I got six units for 50K. Uh, prior to leave, leaving my first house hack, I opened up a second line of credit for 75K. So I'm now up to 275. I invested, um, used that money, invest in syndication, 20% down on other properties and started partnering with people. So I more or less just kind of compounded the money I was made in real estate. I also became an agent. So all the money I made from being an agent, the fact that I house hacked a property so I didn't have any living expenses, um, and the fact that all the money I made from my rental property, I just snowballed that um, into more property. So I, it was very much just kind of the concept, concept of compound interest is kind of how I, I built this up. Nice. That's nice. awesome, man. And that took you, how long did you say from zero to now? I closed on my first multi December, 2020. Ah, look at that, man. Less than three years and you're already. So you said up. that was, that was six units. Did I hear that right? I house hacked two, three families equating to six units for uh, ah. about 50,000. So I, that, I, that HELOC went far, like when okay. especially in combined with, you know, low down payment owner occupied type type product. So yeah, yeah. Then partnering as well and a couple of deals cashed out and I just got lucky and right place, right time. But yeah, it all worked out. Yeah, you say lucky, but I'm sure you you did plenty of research and knowledge and then and then took some big action. I'm sure where where did you start? Did you start by listening to bigger pockets or find a mentor or or, or how did you really even figure out how to how to get started? So I, I really started when I read Rich Dad Poor Down. I had like, you know, tears going mm. down my face of all the regret I lived for my life because I always, always thought I was meant for something bigger. I always thought I was meant to go after my dream, but I just kind of like took the easy route, you know, got the job, went to school, you know, listened to my parents. Right. And, and every single day I came from home from work. I like, I hated my life. I escaped in the video games. You know, I tried to find any escape I could to not be in the reality that I'm in. Right. And then after reading that book, I came to realize that like, you know, this world is, is a video game. Like you can create any reality you want. If you put the work and the determination into making it happen. Right. And once I had that, that, that drive, and once I kind of pushed procrastination aside, which was kind of my devil throughout my entire life, then I really kind of excelled and really my, my dreams have come to fruition for sure. So you, you you did this to kind of you know gain that financial freedom I'm assuming right and you 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 so so what now I mean you how old it, so you, you said it was by thirty so I'm assuming you're in your mid thirties now and you got financial freedom so what do you do with the rest of your life Well you know everybody says you know I'm seeking financial independence financial freedom but at the end of the day everybody's just seeking purpose right and mm -hmm. I just I just was looking for something that I really had a love and a drive for. And real estate was that, right? So real estate did become my purpose. Um, and it fills me with gratitude every single day that I'm involved in this industry. And I get to provide wonderful housing to my tenants. So, but what now after I reach, you know, financial independence, I'm at the end of the day, uh, real estate cash flow is so it's like, it's, it's very much like a, like a, like a phantom, like it's here one day, it's gone another day, right? Like you're, 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 you know, you're getting paid, then your boiler goes and that's five months of cash flow, right? <laughs> so it's really hard, in my opinion, to retire off re real estate income um, until you kind of really two, three X kind of what your expenses are. So I'm kind of at that stage where at the end of the day, I'll be honest with you, I don't even know how much money I make off real estate. I just funnel it back into all my other investments. 
I live strictly off my W-2. So, oh, so you kept your W-2. I am still working my W-2 of 40 hours a week. Well, I mean, on salary, 40 hours a week. Yeah. Uh, I'm an agent. Uh, I'm also an agent. I have a team of agents underneath me, and I self-manage uh, 24 units. I'm also a GP on a syndication as well. And yeah, I'm an investor. I host a local meetup. So I do, I do a lot. I do a lot. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you uh, do. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you're really busy. Let's talk about that meetup real quick. Why? Um, I know there's a lot of advantages to having your own meetup. Why did you decide to start a meetup? So I, start, I, I started a meetup for a very unconventional reason. I started a meetup because I wanted to find a mentor. So my mentor was hosting meetups all over Massachusetts. And, you know, when I was in the learning phase, I, I attended every single meetup I could. He had a virtual meetup and he went over the meetup and right at the end. He was like, you know, if does anybody know of a good venue in Worcester to start a meetup? And that's probably house hacked my property. That's why I own a lot of my property. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah. So I so I I took the initiative that weekend to go to five different venues, take video, take picture, get the manager's card. I put it all in a nice little drive, sent it to him like, oh, you know, these are the venues I, I went by. I recommend these one. Um, and then he said, oh, you know, this is great. Why don't you be our first guest speaker? I'm like, fantastic. So right after I was the first guest speaker, he asked if I wanted to host the meetup for Worcester. So the, the reason why I really um, started a meetup was because I wanted to seek a mentor, which I did. He had, that guy ended up becoming my mentor. He GP'd with me on my last deal, right? So I achieved that, but that was that was the goal. But it it it, it expanded into, you know, providing, you know, education, um, an opportunity to other people in real estate and kind of just providing my story and kind of sharing education with other people. So it, it, it came, it turned into something beautiful, in my opinion. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome, man. So how long have you been running this meetup now? So I've been running it for about two and a half years. Okay. And how, how many people do you usually get? Uh, about 40 to 50 people. That's a solid crew, man. That's great. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm wondering about your W two again. <laughs> I'm still wondering. Uh, now um, I imagine you could leave it if you want, right? Yeah, I mean, I I, I could. I probably wouldn't sleep well at night. <laughs> okay, okay. Is that why? Is that was going to be my next question? Is why do you why do you keep? Yes, I mean, to your point, like I probably could, right? But you know, and, and this is probably you know something I have to get over. But I do like the comfort. And knowing I had that steady paycheck, I don't have to rely on my rental income. Yeah, it just provides a certain level of security that that maybe I'm not I'm not ready to get rid of. Do you um, enjoy the work? I do enjoy the work. It's pretty it's it's relatively easy. I've been doing it for 10 years, so I could do something in five minutes that takes somebody four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a project manager. So like the great thing about project management, and this is just life in general, is if you're proactive on how you manage your projects, if you if you develop the the right methodology at the infancy and get everybody on the same page, things tend to run smoothly and don't take a lot of time. Right. So that's mm-hmm. kind of how I run my jobs at my, my run my projects at my job. And that's kind of how I run my, my real estate business as well, especially when it comes to stabilizing. I, I mean, my average for stabilizing a property is probably like three to four months. So by stabilizing, I'm assuming that means that you're buying all value add properties. Uh, so, major- so I, I took a different approach where I actually have bought, properties in relatively good condition with tenant management issues okay. and i i've been um I'm, I'm really good at um kind of negotiating with the current tenant base to get rents kind of in the middle of where we need them to be um and i i mean throughout my portfolio 
um, I don't know, I probably have like probably 75% inherited tenants. So what of, of all the things you're doing, I mean, you're clearly really busy. And uh, what, what, what do you enjoy the most? I enjoy helping others succeed. I enjoy guiding others on their paths. I, I enjoy seeing others find the same purpose that I found, right? That's what truly I like. Like, for example, I, went, I was a guest speaker at an in-person meetup last week. And it was such a wonderful experience, about 30, 40 people, that everybody was so engaged. And at the end of the day, I literally couldn't go to bed. Like, yeah. I was just amped up. I was ready to go. It was, just, it was just a wonderful experience. And that's that's what gets me up at night, is kind of helping others uh, succeed. And then that's one of my goals, is helping about 1,000 people achieve financial independence through real estate. That's definitely one of my one of my goals. So, Wow. How do you measure that? I mean, I know 1,000 people, but how can you tell that you've right. had 1,000 people? Very good point. So I mentor four, right? So I please count for four. <laughs> um, but to your point, it is, it's definitely hard. It's definitely hard to measure. And that's probably something I, I got to think about on a, a KPI of that, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think to your point, I think the, the easiest way probably to would do that would be social media, YouTube, guest, guest speaks, guest speaking at, you know, real estate or other mindset type events. Uh, that'd probably be the approach that I would take. So how did you find your mentees? Are they people you met through your meetup as well? So I found my mentees by putting out a Google form on social media, right? And I actually got about 25 people applied and I, and I don't have that sort of time. So I whittled it down to four, four people that I, that I mentor right now, uh, all of which are currently um, have done deals. Most have done deals, except maybe one, but they all have done deals. I've been mentoring for about four or five months. So they're definitely making progress for sure. Dude, it sounds like the demand's there and that's what you want to do. It sounds like there's a there's a good coaching program opportunity for you to, to do what you love and, and make enough money with it. You're right. You're right. And then and that's what that's what that's why I have a challenging part is monetizing it, right? Mm -hmm. But what I quickly realized is when you don't monetize it, people don't put in the effort that they should, right? Like, like you know, when, when you when you hit a certain level of success, and by all, by all means, I'm not terribly successful, but when you start hitting a certain level of success and people come to you for advice and you take the time to give them that advice and they don't follow through with it, that's frustrating. Mm -hmm. That is frustrating. I'm not going to lie. So, you know, I do think there's a certain level you have to kind of monetize it to ensure that there's some sort of, motivation behind your advice what about so what what do you uh are you thinking of going more with with that like uh since you seem to it seems to light you up you have demand is that an area where you can see yourself growing in further and uh, if so what would you take away why do we seek financial dependence and i think a majority of people are going to say time freedom i can do what i want when i want you know how i want as long as it's legal whatever right I think I do want to mentor people, but I also want the flexibility to have control of my time, right? So it's a balancing act, right? It's, <laughs> you know, um, so I, I think I definitely want to help somebody, but I also want to enjoy the work that, that I've done to achieve this level of success, if that makes any sense. And what, so what do you like to do? Like? Sorry, Adam. What do I like? Question. What do I like to do? I love to travel and experience other cultures. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to a third world nation, but if you have, it makes you really appreciate how much abundance we have in the United States, right? Right. I I love um, 
adventure, right? Like just like living life, like going on ATVs, like go go kart in high speed, like um, yeah, just then just enjoying time with my family and friends, and you know, not having to constantly disconnect because my phone's going off and being in the present and really just enjoying people's time and those authentic relationships. That's kind of kind of where I see kind of my ideal life. You feel like you could do everything you're doing and and still travel, or is that you kind of got to start whittling back things before you can really do that how you want to this is like a therapy session right now <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no you're right no you're you're speaking the truth that's why you're 100% speaking the truth is you're right i eventually have to whittle things down to the most important things um that get me up every day you're absolutely right but it's hard. It's hard. You know, when 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 you're successful, it's hard to leave the grind. It's hard to leave building something great. Right. It's almost like you're addicted to it. I mean, at least I am. So let's talk for a second. As Louie mentioned, you got a million things going on, right? You got your W2 job. You're a real estate investor. You're mentoring people. How do you manage that? Do you have any kind of calendar systems something in place to do you time block or how do you or how are you able to accomplish so much great question great question so i self-manage properties and once you stabilize a property and you set everybody up an automatic rent collection and you already have like a list of contractors like ready to go it's not that much work um so i have everybody set up on apartments.com to uh, automatically collect their rent i have an electronic rolodex of all the contractors i use in my specific area and i have an assistant that goes on site and meets these contractors gets quotes whatever right and i have lock boxes on site so for some jobs my assistant or me don't even have to be there right they just need the lockbox code and the electronic lock code right so it's all like i said it all goes back to being proactive and setting up systems that save time like um, like a really good practice is to do an audit on your day and see what what chunk of your day is taking a lot of time and, and develop systems on the thing that's taking the most time or the second most time, the third most time, or the fourth most time. The entire goal, and at least in my opinion, is to get everything to the point where you're just working on your business and not in your business and just keep iterating system upon system upon system until you literally have nothing to do every day. Like that's <laughs> that's the that's the goal. I mean, it, it's obviously a very challenging thing to achieve, but that's that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. So is this assistant, is that is this an employee that you pay or a partner or, or what does that look like? So it's it's an 18-year-old kid that wanted to get some get some experience in real estate. So yeah, so we we uh so we're training him and trying to help him get his first investment property. Um and yeah, it's working out great. Um, and combined with that, I also utilize uh, virtual assistants, which provide me a ton of value. I wanted this bookkeeping that I think I pay like, I don't know, 300 bucks a month and they do like 30 units for me, plus like a, three other LLCs. I have a virtual assistant for social media, right? So I just like, I'll like go to Boston, I'll shoot like five or six, 30, 45 second shorts and just send it to her and she'll do all the editing. And now I'm getting executive assistant VA as well to help with some of my email management. Because to your point, everything's getting so crazy. Like emails are dropping through and I can't have that as a project manager. Like I need organization. So I'm willing to just like hire an executive assistant for like for five bucks an hour, which is nothing. I'll pay that all day. So, yeah. Where are you finding your VAs? I find my VAs on onlinejobs.ph, which specialize in the Philippines. Uh, and what I normally do is I'll put the job post out, right? I'll whittle it down to maybe five or 10 people. I'll have the I'll have the formal interview and then I'll give them all kind of the same exact test project and ha happily pay them for their time. But I'll I'll get the give them a test project, 
see what comes back. Then I'll kind of compare apples to apples. And that usually gives me a good indication of, of kind of the VA that's right for me. Past couple of times I've done that. It's worked out fantastic. So for the person out there that would love a mentor, you know, you said you had 25 people apply and, and you, you knocked it down to four. And, and I don't know if this assistant you're talking about is one of those four, if that's separate, but for you, what makes someone stand out and make you want to take them on as a mentee? What makes that stand out is them going out of their way to find out how they can help me. Right. Like I right. don't come to me and just say like, I want to be your mentee. Like, what are you good at? Like, how can you provide value in my work? Like I obviously want to help as many people, but I, my time's finite. Right. Like, and when it comes to a mentee-mentor relationship, it's very much a symbiotic relationship. Like with my mentor, like I became an agent under his team. I brought him, I brought him value in the form of commissions. I brought him value in the form of increasing his network through starting this meetup. I, I found him value in finding the syndication and bringing him on board, right? So it's very much a symbiotic, a reciprocal type relationship. And people should approach that upfront and not put it on the mentor to find out how you can provide value to them. Go to the mentor, find their pain points and tell them how you can provide value to them. Yeah, and don't even exactly. Ask, just, don't even ask, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> do it, it enough, for them. You do it enough that mentor's got to feel a need to help you. It's that simple. So. Yeah. I love that. I think that's an important distinction because people, you know, that want to find a mentor and they, they find somebody they like and they'll go, Hey, how can I provide value to you? And it's like, dude, now you're making me sit there and think about it. Like, no, you figure that out and tee it up for me. And of course, I'm going to have you, you know, at my side helping me out with the thing that you know that I need. But if you sit there and, and now I have to sit down and take an hour of my life to figure out how you specifically can help me, it's just less likely that, that you know, it's going to come to fruition, I think. So makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, Andrew, I, I'm wondering, are there any, uh, I, I'm still going back to this point. I, I'm super impressed, right? I mean, you're, again, really successful at this point in life and, and you're juggling a whole lot of things. And I just can't help but to think, if I were you, what would I do with the rest of my life? <laughs> because you got so much of it ahead of you. Right. Not a big it, question or anything, just something yeah. minor. What would you do with the rest of your life, Andrew? Right now yeah. on the spot. Is it, are you just going to try to keep growing? <laughs> is there a number, you know, your 95 units? Is it just to get to like 95,000 units or or is it going to be, you know, a, a total shift somewhere? Is there a cause that really drives you? To, or So my my 10 year goal, and this is where I, I hope my life to be, is I want to I want to syndicate 10,000 units. Okay. I want to actively own 400 units. I want to travel to 100 countries. I want to write a book on this concept called thought freedom that I'm working on. Um, and I want to help 1,000 people reach financial independence. Um, you know, that's kind of where I see my life being. And, and, where, and where I want my life to be eventually is I want my life to be, I want to have a, a villa on a beach, wake up every morning, meditate, go to the coffee shop, work a couple hours, travel with my family and help help other people reach the same level of, uh, of freedom that I did. That's kind of where I see my life in kind of right. 10 years. Oh, so, yeah, I got to ask about the, the book. <laughs> I'm sure Adam was thinking the same thing, right? The thought freedom. What What is that? Thought freedom is having having such a level of control over your thought 
that you don't let other, you don't let your exterior environment control any aspect of any aspect of it, right? So let me just give you a quick example. Like, like the news, right? Just the fact that that's in your peripheral, it's coming into your thought, that's gonna affect you, right? So being 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 extremely um, extremely controlling of what you allow in your environment. I'll give you another quick example. Maybe you have maybe you have a job that you hate, right? And you're just constantly ruminating about the negativity of your job. Like you're stuck in a thought prison, in my opinion, yeah. right? And 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 my book is kind of developed strategies on how you can escape that prison and kind of develop a sort of a thought freedom where you're very controlling of your environment. So you so your thoughts produce a certain outcome that you want, right? So that's kind of that's kind of the initial thought. I'm still working it out, but that's kind of where where my mind's going with it. I love that. So are you already like writing down these thoughts and different concepts, or is it just kind of a, a brainstorming session at this point? It's a brainstorming session at this point. It's on my long list of things I want to do, and it keeps getting to the bottom. So it's up there. That's why it's a 10-year vision. But I definitely that's kind of where where I want to go because you know that was a big turning point for me in my life is like realizing that I just had such a high level of negative rumination, right? I just was negative about everything, about my job, about my life, you know, about everything. Right. And once I kind of came to the realization, what my thoughts were focusing on and the fact that I can focus my thoughts on positive things, the fact that I can focus my thought on things that get me towards my goal, things that make me happy, gratitude, like that is really what, what changed my life. Like more than anything. Yeah. It's amazing how common it is for people to allow all those negative things to just seep into their lives, right? Like you mentioned the news. It's like you almost get um, shamed into feeling like you have to watch the news every day, you know? Like that's how a lot of people are. And and and, and really you're right. Like uh, not that the news isn't fine and that you can't, it's not important to know current events or anything, but there's just so much negativity that people you know see every morning and listen to every morning it, it, it makes it tough sometimes for everybody to truly actually just live their own lives the way they want to live them and be happy i feel like you know so i, I mean i love the concept of your book so i'm biased but i think you should move that from 10 to like two year vision <laughs> yeah yeah this is this is good stuff <laughs> i agree you know I, I and i love the way you put it you know the thought thought freedom versus a thought prison really can we can you dive a little bit more into like what what the thought what gets you into thought prison, right? What gets your thoughts locked up? You mentioned besides the news, right? You gave a good example there, but what takes people there? I would say the one thing that got me into a thought prison was being a know-it-all, right? Like I knew the answer before anybody spoke, so I couldn't even learn. I was just stuck in my own frame of thought. Like I was just unavailable to be open to how other people approach issues, right? So that was that was number one. Like I knew the answer where somebody else did, and that was that was definitely a prison for me because I was I was keeping myself in under a certain certain lens, right? Um that that was one way for sure. I'm trying to think. Um I'll think about this. I'll get back. It's, it's still, still a thought and concept, still a concept, but yeah. No, yeah, that's I so good too, because that's a yeah. good point. Because I think like there's so many quote unquote right answers, right? Like, like you have a problem and there's 15 ways to solve it. And, and maybe Andrew has solved it one way before and Louis solved it a different way before. And like, 
we tend to know that we've solved it a certain way and think like, okay, well, that's the way we're going to solve it. So we completely ignore the fact that Louis has this whole other way that really, if you kind of sat back and really listen to each other, think about these things, you could probably, you know, snowball compound effect into, into just, um, I don't know, a lot better and more efficient solutions. And, and I think people tend not to do that. So I don't know. That's what you made me think of right there. Back to the concept and think and grow rich, sorry, in our rich dad, poor dad, where it was like, you got to ask yourself, like, how I can do it. Like, if you want to go, how can I get this done? Right? Like, that's the thought you should be thinking of is like, rather than think of but ways that I'm not going to succeed, think about how, what do I need to do to succeed? Right? Because if, if you if you think the ways ways that you cannot succeed, you're literally cutting yourself off from millions and millions and infinity amount of solutions. Right? Yeah. So you just cut your brain off before you can even kind of move the ball forward, in my opinion. Take the action, the action that you need, which probably would be a great seg segue into action, right? But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, your environment. How much of that, you and I are both New Englanders. We didn't actually grow up too far from each other. And and you know, New England's a lot of small towns, right? And and there, there's a lot with a small town. You know, it's a lot of limiting, you know, beliefs and all that that come around that. Do, do you think that helps feed um, that thought prison a little bit? I think what helps feed that prison very much is the middle class mindset. I mean, nobody teaches you. Everybody who teaches you finance growing up is teaching you the wrong way of doing finance, right? Throw your money in a 401k. Don't think about it for 60 years while our financial institutions continuously collect money from you. It's it's like we're inbred to think, get a good education, get a job, be a cog in a machine, do that for 30, 40 years, retire, barely survive on social security and your 300k and your 401k. Like that's not the way to live, but I was, I was, taught that I was taught that way to live right and it really took kind of exploring my mind exploring mindset exploring other thoughts outside of kind of that small town middle class mindset that showed me that the possibility of the world is way beyond just a w2 job in retirement yeah and it's constantly evolving right so the things that our parents did and the approach they took may have worked for them and it may not work for us now, or, or there just might be a better option now with all the, all the new tech and, and just opportunities out there. The world is just a different place. And, and I think you need to kind of be able to think on your feet, right? I mean, you, you think there's anything to that? Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Like you, like, like you mentioned, you gotta be comfortable with, with being uncomfortable. You gotta, you gotta be willing to, 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 to zig when they zag, right? Like that's, that's, that's in my opinion, that's how you become a successful investor. And that's how you, you achieve a certain level of success is you're a contrarian. You go the opposite way where the crowd is going. Right. And I very much take that approach in my investing, you know, the last, over the last year, year and a half, when everybody was scared about the, the rates rising, like I picked up freaking like 80 units, right. <laughs> and, and look at me now, I look like a, like a genius. I'm sitting on four and five interest rates. You know, and people are like, oh, you know, I wish you get a property. Like, you should have got it when everybody was scared. You know? yeah. Um. So, yeah. Totally. yeah. That's great. That is really good. So, kind of a change of topic a little bit here. Um, And we can go back, Louie, if you want to. But you mentioned, I think, earlier you wanted to syndicate 10,000 units. And then you also wanted to own X number of your own units outright. What What is it about the syndication that you you enjoy so much? 
wholly enjoy the syndication model because I can help build wealth for other people outside of um, the traditional stock market. Um, most people don't have the risk tolerance to, to get involved in real estate, in, in my humble opinion, uh, but they will get involved in a syndication when somebody else is doing all the lead work and they just sit back and collect the checks, right? Mm-hmm. So it just offers uh, a lot of people the ability to build wealth that they normally don't have access to, including my family. Like, you know, you know, my 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 mother was getting like 3% with her money in her, like, her brokerage account. And I'm like, I can give you freaking 19% IRR in this syndication. Like, just the fact that I could help my mother out, you know, help la- make that money last as long as possible for her, like, makes me feel good at the end of the day. And, and yeah. Yeah. Do you have any resources if, if people want to learn more about syndications and how those are structured and all that good stuff? Absolutely. One of my favorite books when it comes to syndicating is Hands Off Investor mm-hmm. by uh, Brian Burke. That's a fantastic book. Also, The Multifamily Millionaire, Volume 2 uh, by, um, I forget who, um, but he's Brandon Turner's partner. But that's another, that's a, another great book uh, for large-scale uh, multifamily work. Yeah. Yeah. Is that is that Brian Tracy and, and Brandon I, Turner? I don't yeah. know. Never mind. We'll look it up and link it in the show notes. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, as you know, I play in the multifamily syndications, yeah. but you can syndicate anything. You can syndicate businesses. You know, you can syndicate strip clubs even if you wanted to. Like, you can syndicate anything as long as there's, you know, uh, investors willing to put their money together. So, all right. Well, next, wait for Andrew's strip club syndication coming out in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> Has a good ring to it, man. Yeah. <laughs> you might have to put that one ahead of the other the. The Thought Freedom book. <laughs> yeah, I'll get on that. Yeah. Well, Andrew, we are about at that point where we like to ask our, our world famous Wayfinder Four. Dun, dun, dun. That's right. You ready for this one? <laughs> I am ready. All right. So give us a hack that you use. That could be something that you know you uh, an app uh, uh, a routine or you know it's just something you use to kind of cheat life be productive i use a lot of hacks but the one hack that comes to mind for me is utilizing the power of masterminds so surrounding yourself with like-minded people that are doing what you want to do on a on meet with them on a regular cadence and holding each other accountable for achieving those goals. The fact that like I was unable, I have 95 units is because I surrounded myself around people with hundreds and hundreds of units. Like those are, that was my norm, right? And then suddenly three years later, you guys were all surprised that that's my norm, but it's, it's not surprising. It's the fact that I, I hung around and I masterminded with people who are in that space and doing what I wanted to do. Yeah, it goes back to you are the average of the five people you spend the most of your time with. And when you're, you're, involved in groups that that we're all a part of and, and seeing people doing badass things that we all want to do it's it's uh it just makes it easier you know that's a, so that's a great hack i don't think anybody's ever mentioned that but as the hack but that's a yeah. that's an awesome one it's a, it really is all right now what is a favorite and this can be just something fun it can be a book a movie uh bands whatever andrew likes so as you can tell, I'm a workaholic, so it's got to go back to work, right? Uh, <laughs> Four-hour work week, I think, is instrumental mm. for scaling, right? Because that really teaches you 
how to leverage others to complete low dollar per hour tasks. You can spend all of your time or most of your time on the high dollar per hour tasks, right? Um, and that really went into the concept of utilizing virtual assistants, which uh, I'm using more and more in my business every single day. And they have saved me um, not only money, but just mental health. So I am incredibly thankful uh, for that book. It's a great book. It yeah. is classic. Kind of put Tim Ferriss on the map, didn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, and that came out in what, 09, maybe 2010, something like that. Has he updated it? Like with all of the stuff we have today to... I wonder. You could probably yeah. use a good update, right? Mm-hmm. It just, I don't know. I remember, yeah, when he started talking about VAs and all that. Now there's so many resources for hiring VAs. I mean, you just shared one online jobs at PA. I never heard of that before. There's just so many, right? Yeah. That could be added to it. Be good. Uh, what is something <laughs> uh, you would tell your 25 year old self? Stop being a know it all, you dummy. I think right. a lot of us at 25 could could use to hear that one. All right. Now, what's one thing that keeps people from being happy? I think this goes back to thought freedom, negative rumination, uh, you know, on a normal basis. Like your thoughts, you, you should do an audit of your thoughts on a daily basis and see, see where they go. Right. Because if you can actively control where your thoughts go, you can actively control your future. And I highly I highly believe that. And once I took control of my thoughts in a more positive manner, my life expanded beyond even what I thought was possible. You know, I should be asking you to share your contact info at this point, but I kind of want to dive a little more into this, if you don't mind. I'm curious, do you have any routines around that? Like, how do you start your day, for example? you have any, or, you know, what, any other things to to keep yourself so positive and energized? I I am religious about this. Every single day, I probably spend a good three hours on personal development. And I, I do the Miracle Morning every single morning, which uh, that's the acronym SAVERS, silence yeah. for meditation, eight for act. Does the audience know Miracle Morning? Familiar with it? It's been mentioned here, but, but please, ahead, sure. please oh, carry on. Yeah. SAVERS, um, silence is for, S is for silence, A is for affirmation, B is for visualization, E is for extra, uh, exercise, R is for reading, uh, S is for um, scribing, right? So I do that every single morning religiously, and I'll go work out in, in a park and out in nature, right? I'll journal. Uh, I'll get all of everything I need to get that done that day. I'll get it all on paper. And just doing that just takes so much stress off me just because the fact that I have it written down and I know what I need to tackle um, just is is just mind-blowing. So I just do that, uh, those those six practices every single morning, um, and then by 9 a.m., like, I am ready to go. Like, I know I know what I need to get done that day to get me towards my goals. I meditate, so I'm in a good mindset, right? So if somebody approaches me with some fire, right, I don't react in the wrong way. Uh, so it just sets me up for success. So I do that every single morning. And and I can tell when I don't do that that morning, like, you can tell. it's mm-hmm. I'm not the, the me I want to be. Hmm. So How long does that take you, average? Uh, I, pro- I probably wake up around 5.30 and then I get working at 9 a.m. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. So you spend three or so hours just doing the Miracle Morning every day? Yep. That's, that's great, morning. dude. That's that's yeah, some that discipline really right there. Very impressive. Yeah. That's my, so, and honestly, my favorite part of the day. I love yeah. waking up, like, my phone not going off. It's so peaceful. Like, it's 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 magical. That's the only way to describe yeah. it. So 
now let's go back and get your contact info. If people want to know a little bit more about you, <laughs> how, how do they go about doing so? Well, they can follow me on Instagram at Investor Freed. You can also find me on Facebook and LinkedIn at Andrew Freed. Um, and yeah, I put out a ton of content. Um, just, yeah, come give me a find or reach out. I'm happy to help in any way I can. Um, and lastly, I'm also a investor-focused agent in Worcester, Massachusetts. So if you're looking for any multis, definitely give me a holler. Okay. And then lastly, what's your, uh, what's your meetup called for the people in Worcester? Great, great question. Uh, Simplified Worcester. Sorry, Simplified Worcester REI. That's the meetup. Just like you, I forgot the title of my own meetup. <laughs> Simplified Worcester? REI. Yeah, we do these. We do them all over Massachusetts. And I'm doing one in Worcester. And I'm now actually starting a second one in New Bedford, where I just closed my first syndication as well. Oh. Trying to plan a flag there so I can kind of pick up more multis and kind of expand my... Yeah, expand my portfolio. Awesome. Wow. And I'm proud to say, people might not realize this, but this is actually a really hard word to spell. Worcester is not, doesn't look like, <laughs> it's a spell anything like that, but I'm happy to, I'm proud to say, you don't have to tell me how to spell that one. <laughs> Press, you pronounce it correctly. Most people don't. Worcester is so. Like I said, I'm not too far from there. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, you're right next to Rhode Island. So. You know. <laughs> All right, Andrew. Hey, man, you are a really, really impressive uh, person. You know, you're super accomplished for where you are. I think a lot of people are going to be like, dang, we, we're slacking off here. We got to get, <laughs> we got to get like uh, Andrew. So uh, thank you for, you know, being on the show and inspiring others and, and sharing some of the things you do. Yeah, absolutely, man. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah. We hope you've enjoyed the Wayfinder Show. If you got value from this episode, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and review. This will allow us to help more people find their way to live more authentic and exciting lives. We'll catch you on the next episode.